WAHTB is created for adult audiences only. Our show contains adult content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Witchcraft After Hitting the Blunt. Some of our audience members may already know, but for those who don't, Witchcraft After Hitting the Blunt is a spiritual community on Facebook where people of all walks and of all beliefs are welcome to share and learn. We are a safe space for POC and LGBTQ plus folk, and as the name implies... witchcraft after hitting the blunt podcast today you are starting off with yvonne and we are going to welcome back Lindsay and d so welcome ladies yo hi what up what up so before we get started we are going to go back to our last episode and we want to thank everybody who tuned in and who gave us amazing feedback <laughs> And we are going to have some shits and giggles because we are going to critique ourselves today. And so I'm going to (laughs) start. I felt like I laughed too much, but it is a fucking witchcraft and you're going to get a lot of shits and giggles from us. So that was okay. I felt felt like I kept talking over everybody and I was like, oh, but wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> or your plant. Yeah. Or your font. I love your, your giggles, Yvonne. When I was listening to it, like I wanted to hear you like laughing more. So I think it's so funny that you're like, oh, I was giggling too much. It's like, no. Give Last us some more, more of that. Come on. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to definitely laugh a lot more. <laughs> I thought that we had a good structure to it. And I really mm-hmm. liked that. Like I thought... We're like, oh, we want to talk about these things, X, Y, and Z. And so we talked about those things, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, we were a little rough around the edges, but it was so much fun that we finally are doing this also. Um, oh, that's another thing. I say also weird. <laughs> that's something I realized <laughs> say it fine. when I was listening to it. I, I was say, like, waiting for you to mention really? that. <laughs> wait, wait, how do you say it? How do you say it? Sounds it sounds like I'm saying, oh, also. Also. So that's not- all it's supposed also it's supposed to sound like also also. yeah but i also also that's how i say it also 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 which kind of thing but well we discuss also yeah how do you say words (laughs) i know how do you say words (laughs) that would be a good episode though where we just that would be and words and spells and like crying. lawyer, lawyer whatever crayon how do you say yeah. crayon or crown <laughs> i know right sometimes yeah, i say crown like, crayon i don't know why what i used to say have... with water. water water 
Like, how do you say water? it? Water? Water. water. I, I, keep, I don't uh, see water. I feel like that's weird. Water. Water. <laughs> water. I say water. My my grandma used to say wash. Yeah, I think it sounds fine. Let's go wash. Wash. Oh, I, a wash up. I had a teacher that would say wash and she would say twirl it. Oh my gosh. My best friend. Shout out to my best friend. I love you, Crystal. Um, she says toilet. So she's going to be so excited to hear this, but somebody else says toilet because I make fun of her all the time. No, that's cute. Stop making fun of her. Now you have to start saying it. We I all do, have right? to start saying twirl it. We got to normalize it. Twirl it. Hashtag twirl, twirl it. it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you win crystal you win toilet crystal wins for today winner winner chicken yes. dinner Yay. Yay. lucky number is crystal are, for our new hashtag, <laughs> hashtag <toilet. laughs> you heard we should put it in the episode description <laughs> yes share yeah. this share this and hashtag toilet yes how do you spell that yeah. Yeah. Twirl it? I don't know. I T- guess it's twirl. Twirl. I imagine at the end. Twirl it. Yeah, there you go. Was, yeah. Twirl it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> twirl it. Twirl it. All right. So we got our shits and giggles out of the way. So today we are going to talk about tarot. So D and I are going to talk a little bit about the history on tarot. So I was doing some research and it turns out people who already know gaming and who know cars and stuff like that probably know this already. But the very first playing cards were actually invented in China during the uh, the Tang Dynasty. Tang Dynasty was between uh, 618 to 907 CE. And the oh. earliest written reference to a playing card game called Leaf is um, sometime around the ninth century, so like the 800s. But history also shows that um, these games were popular for like gambling and then drinking, actually. Drinking games are really, really popular. Yeah. Who would have thunk? <laughs> Who would have well, thunk yeah. that drinking games and playing cards, right? Um, but the cards did actually have numbers on them, which I thought was kind of cool. The cards had instructions and forfeits. So they were like uh, game-specific cards. Um, and the cards, even though they didn't have numbers on them, they were also usually assigned like values, which I thought was kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. So they worked, a lot of the games worked more like trading card games, like um, Magic or Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! So you would use the card to play the game, but the card also was the stake. It actually had value to it. Mm. And people were uncomfortable carrying around money and playing and gambling with money, which is usually why they assigned value to the cards themselves. So they kind of counted like currency as well. So they, they were, were known like as money cards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were they were poker uh, they were poker chips that functioned as the cards you were playing with at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just kept That's it safer cool. for people. Yeah. Should do that now. So so for Leaf, I was thinking not only were they fucking drinking games, but they were <laughs> fucking smoking weed. Because who the fuck <laughs> names a place? Right, right. It's called Leaf. <laughs> we should invent our own our own like weed card game and call it leaf and have like the marijuana yes. leaf like <laughs> yes 
Yes. Who wants <laughs> to awesome. do this? Yeah. Let us know. Yes. Yeah. We'll, yes. we'll be investors. <laughs> so it wasn't until 1368 to 1644 CE in China, in the Ming Dynasty, um, we have the Madayo. Am I saying that right? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I don't know. For any of our listeners that uh, are fluent in Chinese, please let yeah. us know the correct pronunciation. <laughs> but I know uh-huh. Ma is horse and Dio is hanged or lifted. So that's pretty cool to know. Huh. I didn't know that. Huh. <laughs> I wonder what that game was about. The like the hanged horse, lifted horse. Maybe it was like... I wonder if it was like, like hanged man and horse together. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, that's what that I was thinking. Cool. Or like that same concept ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. No idea. <laughs> All right. So this oldest game with rules intact is like a gambling game. They had thirty-eight cards and four suits. They had the nine cards, the nine coins. They had nine cards, nine strings with nine coins, and they had nine coins, which are myriads and 10,000. I wonder what that's about. Uh, no, it's uh, nine. So each suit is nine cards. So it's nine cards okay. of nine coins, oh. nine cards of nine strings with nine coins. The nine cards that had myriads, which is uh, equivalent of 10,000. And then they had 11 cards that were tens of myriads. So I think that's like, what, 100,000? Super That's what I'm guessing, yeah. 100,000. See, and that also makes sense that it's gambling with, and like the money cards, because look, it's coins that they're talking about. Yeah. So originally all the suits were just coins. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't even think of that just now. Yeah, I didn't know any of that. But Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool to also know that this is why um, the cards ended up becoming banned in certain countries. And this is where tarot was born. Um, Tarot is first known as Triomphi and later as Taroki or Tarot first began as a pack of playing cards. But supposedly began in Europe, known as Italian Tarokini, and French tarot, and Austrian, I have no idea how to pronounce this, Cogni Gruffen, <laughs> of which are still played today. And playing cards first entered Europe in the late 14th century, most likely from Mamelok, Egypt. And it spread throughout Europe, especially when card games became banned. So that's where mm-hmm. we see mm-hmm. our first tarot packs recorded in 1440 and 1450 in Milan, Ferrara, Florence, and Bologna. So that's but, interesting. Like, mm-hmm. who knew? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because yeah, I was going to say, I thought they originated from France well that would be the so they didn't originate from france so they the cards had made their way to egypt around uh like the 11th Mm -hmm. century around the 1000s um and then 
probably around like the 14th century, the 1300s, that's when the playing cards made it from Egypt into Europe. So we don't know exactly okay. where they came into Europe, um, but the three main uh, cities of export in Egypt were um, Mamluk Sultanate, which is modern day Cairo. There was also Alexandria. We all know Alexandria, like oh, most famous yeah. place with the museums and such, and Damascus. So, <clears throat> yes, so they would have probably been exported from one of those three places across the Mediterranean. So we don't know like where they came in, but I think what you're but thinking of with the French deck. Um, in the mid 1400s, that's when we began to see the tarot card games. Okay. Um, and that's when the Marseille deck was created. That's the French like tarot deck. Huh. But the origins of that deck are unknown because the suits for that deck are not actually French playing card suits. They're Latin playing card suits. Hmm. So um, we don't okay. know. We don't know where like playing cards came in or when they came in. Um, but the earliest record in Europe that mentions playing cards is 1367 CE um, because playing cards were banned in Bern, Switzerland, like uh, we had mentioned earlier because of gambling. And so then throughout the century, you would hear lots of complaints in the church that playing cards were bad. They were bad for you because they led people to gamble. Ugh. <clears throat> yeah how dare they yeah i know right? so but by the early 1400s that you playing cards you can find them in italy spain france belgium germany switzerland and hmm. i thought this was cool they're all handmade they were all oh, actually wow. made by artists yeah. yeah they weren't like professionally made yet Hand um, and uh oh. it was the Latin diy yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. DIY, DIY. those tarot cards. Uh-huh. <laughs> Put it on TikTok. And by the mid-1400s, that's when people actually started, began making tarot decks. The, like, they were actual tarot decks back then. They actually weren't used for divination at all. They weren't used for fortune-telling or anything. They uh -huh. were just regular card games, kind of how we have designer card games now. Um, yeah. Like they were hmm. cards that were made specifically for the game. They had their own decks. They had their own sets of rules. And they usually consisted of the uh, the Latin playing card deck or like even like the French or the German playing card deck, any kind of a playing card deck. And then they had allegorical cards with illustrations on them. Hmm. So this is when the major arcana is actually first created and the Marseille deck incorporates the latin playing card deck and the major arcana hmm. um, as well and some tarot decks some tarot games actually would have little fortune cards and they were usually about love or money so then people were like oh that's fun that's cute and then that's when people started to do cardomancy where they're like oh let me tell your fortune with my cards with my little tarot cards <laughs> it wasn't an official thing yet <laughs> and Get this. I thought this was absolutely fucking hilarious. So the Catholic Church began to condemn playing cards and tarot cards at this point, no longer because of the gambling and not because like they were not 
saying that divination itself was uh, like a bad practice for Christians in Europe, but it was the fact that people were doing this practice through cards instead of through the church. So there were records uh, that show that the church was claiming that there's only one right way to do divination. And this is important for, for witchcraft and for religion and all this stuff. So the, according to the Catholics, if you want an answer, if you need divination, if you want fortune telling, this is the way you have to do it. You, A, you need to be able to read Latin. <laughs> just that. that's, wow. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first requirement. B, you have to fast with only bread and water for three days. Uh, Nope, I'm out. (laughs) C, you have to perform a candle vigil while chanting prayers. Wow. D, you need to attend a mass. And then uh, E, you need the aspersion of holy water. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what aspersion meant. So I looked it up and apparently that's when they like get the water and they flick it on you and they throw it oh, on you. Yeah. yeah. And, and then after that, then you can finally consult like an apostle or a saint for divination and for fortune telling. And that's the only way that you will know that the Christ is giving you divine and true mm. spiritual information. I'm just going to... Yeah buy a deck and do it <laughs> right? and you know what that's why exactly i would get burned thought too. <laughs> yeah. so much easier reasons why i would get burned for witchcraft in the medieval times right. number 365 uh-huh and that's exactly what other people wanted too they were like what i don't have to go to the church for divination so by like the 1500s, that's when like cardomancy and fortune telling start becoming a thing in Europe. That's when witchcraft starts incorporating it as well. Huh. And then by the 1600s, that's when people start making tarot and oracle decks specifically for divination. They start selling them all over Europe. Huh. Um, by the 1700s, it makes it to the United States. Uh, as well and then by the late 1800s it's such a popular thing like tarot is all over the planet you've got famous fortune tellers all different types of decks and you know uh, cool. and all the rest of us we know how it takes off from there up to modern day yeah I was gonna say um, and then to piggyback off of what Dee said about the um, the game I just ran across a type of uh, a, a deck slash playing game type thing. Oh, it's called uh-huh. Sapphiroth. Um, it has the feel of Egyptian type, the cards itself, but it has a, a playing like a board game type thing. Huh. Yeah, Very and it cool. was like you play the game with the, the tarot deck and it's your traditional tarot deck too. It has the the major arcana, it has the minor arcana, and it it looks pretty cool. I'm so upset that I did not get to back it up on Kickstarter. Oh, but, yeah, it was a day too late, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was pretty cool. It had the deck, the board game, and it had some extra cool features too. Um, so when she mentioned the the board game type with the like pokemon and like mm-hmm. how everything has mm-hmm. its value and stuff it kind of reminded me of that game i was like darn i should have <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Okay, so this is your content disclaimer. We are going to touch up on some touchy subject. Tarot is very controversial, especially where it started, where it originated from. Um, and we're also going to be mentioning uh, decks, specific decks made by certain people that some people may not be too fond of, but they are a part of tarot history. So there are four main decks that are out there. These are kind of like, the, I guess you can say like the most common decks, uh, tarot decks that are out there for people. There's the Marseille deck, the origins of which are not known, but it appeared around the mid 1400s. The Marseille deck is what became the standard design and structure for tarot decks. That's not to say it's the original tarot deck or it's like the tarot deck, but it was the uh, it was the design that incorporated the playing card deck with the major arcana. And then from there, people kind of took that same structure and then they created their own motifs, their own illustrations for hmm. the playing cards and the major arcana. Then um, in 1799, 1800, around that time, that's when the Lenormand deck becomes published. And that one's named after Marie Anne Adelaide Lenormand, hmm. uh, who lived from 1772 to 1843. She is the most famous fortune teller in French history. She told the fortunes for uh, politicians, for oh, wow. celebrities, for the rich and famous. Oh, she herself was famous. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. Get it. <laughs> so um, <laughs> she did not create the Lenormand deck herself. She was such a popular person that in France, they started creating uh, decks, yeah, and named them after her. So there's a legacy. Exactly. She had a legacy. And so people were like, oh, this is the Lenormand deck. So you'll see lots okay. of different versions of it. Yeah. Um, and then by the late 1800s, um, <clears throat> that's when a tarot is just it's famous everywhere. There's lots of different decks. But uh, 1909 is when the Rider Waite Smith deck uh, was first published. And that also is the same um, structure as the Marseille deck. But that deck became the uh, the Rider Waite Smith deck. Kind of became like the standard tarot mm -hmm. deck. It was that particular artwork, and it's the most popular yeah. one now. Like that's the one you can find everywhere on the planet. Um, and yeah. then in 1969, that's when the Thoth tarot deck was uh, finally published. That is Aleister Crowley's deck. They began production of that deck. I think it was like decades before. But it wasn't printed um, until after Crowley's passing in 1969. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, nowadays, you know, in 21st century, there are so many, there's so many there's decks so many. out there. So many out there. So many awesome decks. Someday I'd like to make a tarot deck, but that's a, that's a process. Yeah. Oof. Okay, you guys. I don't know if you knew this. Of course you knew this, but I recently learned that tarot has associations with different uh, like zodiacs or the elements. So ah, I've heard a little bit of that kind of stuff. I haven't actually looked into it myself. I know it's a thing. Um, and you yeah. guys know I love astrology. And so you I want to learn about this. Yes. And you can definitely see it in like all of the common decks now they follow 
this yep. process. Um, so like pentacles, anything pentacle related is going to be earth and, you know, like Taurus, Virgo and Taurus actually represents the Hierophant and Virgo would be the hermit, which has been my card lately, but yeah, mm-hmm. Capricorn mm-hmm. is the devil. <laughs> um, Ooh. Ooh watch out (laughs) right venus is the empress and then saturn would represent the world so that's cool and then Mm -hmm. wands all wands would represent fire so you've got Mm -hmm. that passionate you know aries emperor card and then sagittarius is temperance which i think saps was saying is stalking her um Mm -hmm. And then Leo represents strength. All you lions out there. Uh, that makes yeah. sense. Because that card also has the lion, a lion in it. it. Yep. A lion. Ah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the card that would represent Jupiter is the Wheel of Fortune. Which <laughs> we talked about last week. Makes total mm-hmm. sense. Uh-huh. And then the card that represents Mars is a fun card. The tower. <laughs> the tower. Yay! I'm always so happy. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. I like how Aries is the emperor and Mars is the tower. Like, right? How formidable. Just, <laughs> now, now, I know. Before me. <laughs> I know this might seem like a little bit of a stretch, but did you guys know that the sun represents the sun? <laughs> wow. That's cool. Wow. I Who knew. knew? I know. I first time, first time hearing about it. You guys are going to have to explain this to me a little bit because, in my mind, Pluto represents like water, which represents Scorpio to me. So the fact that Pluto represents fire and judgment—I mean, I get judgment, but the fire part—it's because Pluto is uh, a planet of destruction. Pluto and Mars. Okay. And if yeah. you think of um, like the uh, Pluto is also the planet of rebirth. So if you think mm-hmm. like the rising Phoenix out of the oh, ashes, okay. that's also fire uh, as well. Fire yeah. energy. Now I'm never mm-hmm. going to forget that. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> so we got a couple more cups. I mean, as you probably figured, it represent water, um, <laughs> you know, emotions, feelings, love, uh, cancer actually represents the chariot and then shocker scorpio represents death mm. pisces actually represents the moon card instead of the moon representing <laughs> oh but the moon does represent the high priestess mm-hmm. that makes sense because i think that is a fertility card yes. high priestess isn't it yeah i okay. believe so yeah and then neptune is the hanged man so then the last element is air which is swords and you got you know logic intellect communication and aquarius is this makes total sense to me aquarius is the star card like that just makes sense to me i guess Mm -hmm. and then gemini the lovers you got the two you know oh libra is justice which makes sense with the scales Mm -hmm right and mercury is the magician makes total sense 
Uranus or Uranus the fool. <laughs> I your anus is the fool. Your ass is the fool. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I always say Uranus because I'm a child. That's so. how I say it. There are, there are two. Back. There are two official ways of pronouncing it. And I know this because I researched it. I looked it up in like astronomy uh, society. I looked it up on NASA. <laughs> Uranus and Uranus are both correct pronunciations. It's up to your personal preference, but they are both oh, okay. recognized in, so it's in like science. Crayon yeah. or crayon. <laughs> or like how some people say February instead of February, you know? Yeah. I say February. February. Yeah, who pronounces Febu- the R in February? I don't, somebody. I always thought it was the. I thought it was always without an R until I grew older, and I was like, I've been saying it wrong my whole life. <laughs> so you know, it's not that you were saying it wrong. It was you were that, saying it right. You were thinking it. See, wrong. in my brain, <laughs> in my mind, I say February when I'm spelling uh-huh. it, but when I'm saying it, I say February. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But every time think- I'm like February. I don't say. <laughs> oh my gosh okay so just to go back to what d was saying about the uh card that represents fertility it's actually empress not high priestess oh okay all right i knew it was one of those two i knew it was one of those two i think it's interesting that that i switched them around because they said empress was venus empress might be venus or is represents both i was just saying that uh, she was thinking of which one of the oh. major represents fertility. Gotcha, gotcha. Empress. Yeah. 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 Sorry. But I do know that the high priestess does represent feminine energy. Like if you ever draw the high mm-hmm. priestess on that day, that's a whole like embrace your feminine energy, self-love kind of day. Yeah. Like try to think more um, like yin versus yang, like calm versus action. I think it's right. interesting though that Scorpio ends up being death and Pluto is judgment. I would imagine those two to actually be switched. Yeah. Because Pluto is the planet of death. But you know, when I think of death and Scorpio, I think it matched because it's a scorpion, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, so death yeah, is yeah. like, everybody has death, but then, you know, you have judgment. You've got Hades in the underworld. Right. Yeah, judging. That's true. That's true. The afterlife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So it's so cool to see how these major arcanas and to see the cards, I mean, the zodiac signs that they represent because it makes so much sense when you look at it. Um, When you first like research into it, you're thinking like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. But then as you further read up on the Mm -hmm. planets and the zodiac sign, it, it just clicks. So this is one of my favorite subjects when it comes to tarot is the elements and the, the um, astrology side of it. Me too. It just, I've been diving so deep into this for like the past year and a half. And it's so fun to see how it all just clicks and meshes all together. It just makes sense. You know what the best advice I heard for being a beginner tarot reader was don't sit there and try to you know study and you know cram what all the little meanings mean on each separate card because that's a lot and that's overwhelming Mm -hmm. yeah 
get out your deck and just look at them and think of what comes to mind to you as how mm-hmm. you interpret that card being. If it's, you know, happy, if it's angry, you know, if it's, mm-hmm. it feels lucky, you know, just get a feel for the card. Right. That's actually really good advice. That is good. That's not my advice. I stole it from somewhere on the internet. <laughs> the internet gives such good advice. It Thank does. you, internet. Right? Thank you, internet gods. Uh, yeah. Yes. One thing that I liked to do when I was learning tarot, I am not a big, um, my abilities lie in other places. I do practice tarot, but I am not, I don't do tarot readings for other people. I'm not like a big like pro. That's not my, my thing. Like my shtick is, uh, you know, like feng shui and energy, meditation, um, astrology. I do do tarot. Um, and to learn the tarot, what I started doing was just pulling a daily card. It's something yeah. so simple. You know, you just mm-hmm. got to pull one card from your deck and you're like, this is my card for the day. I'm going to learn exactly. what this card is. And you're doing something good for yourself. Like exactly. everyone, everyone always wants to be that person who's like, I pull my daily card and I do my spreads. And so it's like, you just got to pull one card a day and then you're being a good witch. And even if you don't pull one card a day, you're still a good witch. You are still a good witch and we love you. Right. We love you. All right, so now we are going to take a quick break and we are going to welcome Dee on the transits of the day. And then we are going to return with more tarot. Hey everyone, let's take a look at our short-term transit aspects for today, May 6th, 2021. Reminder, these are the current transit aspects which have an effect on the Earth as a whole. To find out your personal transits, how the planets affect you specifically, check out astro-seek.com or astro.com and then visit astrologyking.com to read up on what your personal transits mean. All right, let's get started. The most powerful transit aspect today at a zero orb, Venus trine Pluto. Y'all gonna love this one. It's an increase in passion. There might be more loving energy with friends and family, but it will most likely be noticeable in romantic relationships. With such an increase in love and affection, it's an excellent time for intimacy. And with an added increase in sexual attractiveness, great time for dating with increased chances in finding new romance. But be careful because this transit is also associated with affairs. If you're the creative type, this is also a good time to focus on creative projects. And it's a good time to redecorate the home and make a good investment. If your motivation and intentions are good and you have your loved ones in mind, you can turn a big profit right now. And just to add a bit more enjoyment to life, Venus is also square Jupiter at an orb of one. Great transit for having a great time, but not so much for getting work done. Venus square Jupiter increases happiness, optimism, generosity, and the desire to socialize. Good time for dating too, but there's a likelihood of lowering your standards which can lead to the wrong choices. And this transit is also associated with affairs. So be careful because you might find yourself in an embarrassing situation or a stressful marriage. And for anyone who might have a sweet tooth or likes to indulge in substances, you gotta keep yourself in check and monitor your moderation. 
because with this transit, it's easy to overdo it. Lastly, be careful with your money during this transit aspect because there's a tendency to overspend, especially on fashion, cosmetics, entertainment, and the likes. Next up, we got Mars sextile Uranus at an orb of two. This is a fun one and can increase your desire to have fun and excitement in your life. And it's the perfect time to make changes in life. The increase in motivation and initiative makes it easier to get the ball rolling on difficult tasks and makes changes happen smoothly. Also another good transit for dating and romance. It increases sex appeal and courage, making it easier to make the first move. There's also an increase in attraction to people who are different from you. They might be of a different race or culture, or they're a unique and eccentric person. If you're in a relationship and have been having some difficulties in the bedroom, now is the best time for experimentation and kink. Or if the relationship isn't working out and limits your freedom and self-expression, now is the time to break it off. Same with the job. This is the transit that encourages you to trust your instincts and take a risk or two. Last but not least, at an orb of three, Sun Square Saturn. This is a transit to pay attention to if you're prone to feeling blue. It can present challenges that may cause pessimism, feelings of rejection, isolation, depression. There might be restrictions, pressures, and or responsibilities that can make it difficult to reach your goals. This pressure might manifest itself in the form of authority figures. It's important to remain steadfast because if you ignore your responsibilities during this transit, they might come back to bite you in the ass later on. Don't even procrastinate. Get it done. Patience and determination is what will get you through these challenges. And the sooner you get through all that hard work, the sooner you'll be able to restore your self-confidence. Alrighty, that's it for today. Get out there and have a good time, have some good sex, and if you have any challenges, remember, you will get through this. See you guys. Love ya. Welcome back. We are now going to talk about Tarot versus Oracle. Tarot gets confused a lot with Oracle cards. I see this a lot everywhere. And oracle cards are tailored more to affirmations that help you do some inner reflection and soul searching. It is really helpful if you're just starting journaling and shadow work and even helpful when you're expanding those personal tools. They are a great tool when you're doing conscious work. And what I mean about that is being more mindful in your everyday activities, kind of like an action starter. Okay. The Oracle deck has no limit on how many cards they include, unlike the Tarot deck. Tarot cards are more tailored to finding out your overall life journey. They are very helpful with doing in-depth shadow work. They Mm -hmm. help bring forward your inner thoughts, your feelings, your passions, your desires, etc. You may find them being used a lot in entertainment as predicting the future tools. Mm -hmm. I personally use them to expand my shadow work and along with Oracle cards will be very enlightening. I equally find them both very helpful. It really depends where you are in your journey and if you are even ready for such a tool. Hmm. I noticed them becoming more popular and sometimes being used in a forceful, incorrect way. 
And just want to let our listeners know that it is very important that you show such a tool respect and that you are committed to learning and expanding. You are always learning. We are still learning. So yeah, you always, yeah. Um, you are not going to know everything in one day. So it takes mm-hmm. a lot of practice and mm-hmm. just know that some of the tools that we have mentioned here are not going to work for you. So you are not going to know everything. Just know that it takes time and extra practice. We are still learning. So yeah, there is nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. Forever yeah. students. Um, forever always. students. That's yeah, always. Are forever. Yeah. Even when you are a master, you're still students. So never feel bad if you're not like understanding something or certain magic no. doesn't work for you. There's so much magic out there and you always want to be a forever student. You always want to always want to be learning. So what I want to do is do an affirmation card pull Ooh, I like from that. my box of sweet ass affirmations. Got it on Amazon. Ooh. That's the name of the deck, Sweet Ass Affirmations. Sweet Ass Affirmations. I love it. Okay. I love it. I'm going to shuffle these. Okay. This one, whoever you are, this is for you. When life gives me lemons, I paint them in gold. Ooh. Love I like that. that makes me think of atmosphere what's the atmosphere album when life hands you lemons you paint that shit gold right it it says on the back the universe will always test your temper it's the natural order of things (laughs) this was not a card for an aries called out called out we've all had those days where a bird drops a fresh squeezer on our heads for every positive there is a negative you can either allow these sour dips to cripple you, or you can laugh like a raging lunatic. Okay. <laughs> Take note of the lesson. <laughs> and use the experiences as motivation to dominate moving forward. Be patient, be kind, be that weird, freakishly happy maniac in the coffee shop. When life gives you lemons, paint those fuckers in gold, then feed them Fuck to the world. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I like that. I like that too. Yeah. That's a good Thanks, one. Lindy. We like that Thank one. You. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this goes back to what the beginning of the episode when we started laughing at, our, at ourselves. So, right? <laughs> a reminder to <laughs> laugh at out. yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Laugh at yourself. Yep. All right, guys. Yep. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow us if you want to hear more content like this. What are we talking about next week? Ooh, imposter syndrome. Ooh. I'm really looking forward to that one. I'm going to be well, your guide out. on that journey, you guys. Yeah. I'm going to be talking about imposter syndrome, which I recently only just learned about, but have been struggling with my entire life. Oh, this is going to be a good conversation. You can have to find yeah. out next week. Yep. Tune in next week. Don't forget to also check out our Facebook group, Witchcraft, after hitting the blunt and join us. 
and our community and stay up to date with all sorts of cool weed and witchy topics. You can also check out our other groups, our rehoming Oracle and Tarot deck group, our witchy sales group, as well as our art after hitting the blunt group. Ooh, all really, really fun places. After hitting that Yeah. Anything. The world is yours. World <laughs> Here are some lemons. Blister. Go paint them gold. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys next time. See ya. Bye. Ciao.